are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a March 26th, Monday edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here on Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. It is a Monday, it is a gray and gloomy Monday, but you know what is not gray and gloomy? The play of your Portland Trail Blazers, and they put themselves in a little bit of a tough spot after losing at home on Friday to the Boston Celtics, who were without Kyrie Irving. The Celtics came in and got the win anyway, behind 30 points from Marcus Morris. Portland was just unable to make enough plays at the end of the game, and were not able to slow down the the Celtics, who just stuck to their game plan and played really, really well. And Portland dropped that one at home before they head out on their three-game road trip, which they're on right now. It began yesterday afternoon, early evening in Oklahoma City in what was probably the biggest game of the year up until this point. Uh, You know, the loss against the... Rockets, okay, you know, that wasn't going to affect the standings in any way, would have been nice for pride, would have been nice for confidence heading into the postseason for sure, probably not, uh, in terms of the stakes, not the biggest game. Uh, Boston, uh, a good team, uh, one of the best teams in the East, second best team in the East, that would have also been, uh, you know, a nice win, but I don't think that was the biggest game of the year. This was for the third seed, basically. Uh, Oklahoma City entered Sunday night trailing the Blazers by one game in the standings for the third seed. And they can't have the tiebreaker because Oklahoma City lost the season series going in. So they really needed this one. The the Thunder did. And Portland jumped out to a 17-point lead in the first quarter. They doubled them up after one thirty-four to seventeen, and they end up winning the game. In a, it was a, it was a fantastic game. The Thunder came back, made it a game. By the end, it was Westbrook, you know, taking the shots down the stretch, putting the pressure on the Blazers to make plays at the end of this one, and they did, beating Oklahoma City one hundred eight, one hundred five to rebound from that Boston loss, and maintain a two-game lead in the standings for the third seed in the Western Conference. Big, big win yesterday for the Blazers. A huge, huge win in a huge spot. Damian Lillard was with the team. He did make the trip. Damian Jr. has not been born yet. Uh, He's still cooking there in the womb. Uh, He's still waiting there. Uh, getting just right for uh, the right time to come out. It's uh, It was supposed to be due a week ago uh, on Monday, and 
Damien Jr. is still not here yet. I'm sure he's a little nervous about it. Maybe it could be an explanation as to why he hasn't shot the ball well, but that did not stop him from stepping up in the clutch last night. Lillard with a huge three-pointer with 40 seconds left to put Portland up 105-103 after Westbrook got a bucket on the other end. Westbrook answered that bucket with a bucket of his own on the other end to tie it at 105, and then C.J. McCollum drives, hits that baseline pull-up with Westbrook in his face, a shot that he has taken a couple of times in the clutch, and those shots haven't gone down this year. He hasn't had the glory. Last night, he gets the glory. C.J., with the big shot, the big game, 34 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Carmelo Anthony got a couple of chances to tie the game or win the game in the final seconds and missed both of them. Uh, I know we were ground zero for the Carmelo movement here on Lockdown Blazers. Probably would have made it if he had been eating at Tasty and Sons. Uh, and had that radicchio salad or perhaps that nice biscuit uh, with the fried chicken. Uh, but he, he's not eating that these days, and so therefore he didn't have that extra juice to, to make the shot and put the bla- put the thunder ahead, excuse me. And, and Portland walks out of Oklahoma City with a huge win, and maybe it's just the time of year that all these games matter more, but with the standings, the time of the year, on the road, that was the best win of the season. I think it's up there with their other win at Oklahoma City that they got without Dame. But uh, this one tonight was was or on excuse me on on Sunday night was was pretty special to watch. The way that they blitzed Oklahoma City from the very beginning showed that this team wanted this game, that they were not going to start this game on their heels, that they weren't going to let Oklahoma City go at them with Westbrook and George and Anthony, and it, it was just not going to be that type of game, and I was really impressed with how Portland came out with the intensity that they came out with, and that they blitzed them as a team. Harkless was was playing excellent ball. Nurkic with another big game, continuing to make himself some money uh, this summer. Uh, earlier in the season, it looked like you know Nurkic. Oh man, I don't know if Portland wants to pay this guy. Portland might have to pay him something because he's he's been balling uh, the last few games, and that included last night in a marquee matchup against Stephen Adams. Nurk with 17 points and 12 rebounds in the matchup against Adams, matching Adams' 18 and 10. So the presence in the middle for the Thunder, which I think is a big advantage against a lot of teams because Adams is so strong and so good, and he, and he had some really strong plays in this game, but Nurkic matched him pretty much point for point, board for board, block for block, Uh being a deterrent around the rim, just really being solid and and great defense at the end as well. Carmelo Anthony driving the Blazers, knock it out of bound, knock it out, get the steal. Uh, just all kinds of great plays in this game that you can point to, and Portland was able to do it despite the fact that Evan Turner left the game with an injury. Uh, it was apparently a, a knee injury. 
but it doesn't sound like it's too too serious. But they'll they'll probably get uh, a little bit more of a look at that after. Uh, but it sounds like he's okay. It's a it's a knee injury, but it doesn't sound like it's something that's going to keep him out for too long. It doesn't sound like Turner's going to miss any time. So that's uh, really encouraging because Turner, for you know all the people that and, and I, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I'm on the on the Turner side of things these days. Not have his best game last night, but I. Th- I think he's been a really crucial part to this team's success, depending on who they're playing as well. If teams, you know, really work to get the ball out of Damon CJ's hands, Turner is a guy that can, uh, you know, change things up. But uh, as I mentioned, I want to say, you know, Nurkic played really well, but Mo Harkless, uh, a guy who was upset at the start of the season, a guy who was upset with his role, and 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 the 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 type of shots that he was getting, the amount of touches he was getting, he was upset about it. He he told the media about it. He got benched. But you know, Joe Freeman wrote this really great story on him about how he you know kind of apologized for what he said and and that whole moment. And now he is once again a key part of this Blazers team. I feel like we've seen this for the last three years. In during this time of year, this March, uh, working our way into the playoffs, that Mo Harkless is pe- playing his way into the minutes that he could be getting in the playoffs, and I think he's going to be once again a key part of this team. And the most exciting thing I think is he's been shooting the ball well, and he seems to have that confidence that he, I think, was missing in the playoffs last year when Draymond Green kind of took him out of that series by calling him out and saying, oh, you you know, you stopped shooting for your chump change for the $500,000 that he was getting as a bonus for making his three-pointers. And, you know, now he's he's been shooting uh, an incredible rate so far this season, Harkless now up to 41% on the year. So he's been shooting probably upwards of like 60% for uh, a, a good while because he, he was shooting in the teens in the first month of the season. So you know, this is a pretty incredible uh, run from Mo Harkless. And, and it's not just the percentage, too. It's like he's creating off of these plays. Uh, I was looking up for my... Uh, gig over at LeBron Wire. I was looking up some stats on Kevin Love because he's one of the best spot-up shooters in the league. You know who else? Obviously, CJ McCollum, one of the best spot-up shooters in the league. You know who else is in that top 15 that I noticed the other day? is Mo Harkless. Harkless, in terms of synergy, uh, his points per possession, when he gets a spot-up opportunity, which he gets a ton of with Dame and CJ and all the attention that they get, uh, Harkless is is one of the best in the league at taking advantage of those opportunities, and and that's not just best on the Blazers; that's best in the NBA. And his resurgence as of late, uh, and and his strength as of late in making those shots, playing really good ball, has Portland right now in the driver's seat for the third seed in the Western Conference. With uh, let's see, we got forty five and twenty eight, so there's about nine games left to go. Uh, so that is, uh, pretty big stuff right there for the Portland Trailblazers that 
Harkless continues to play well, and now they have a two-game lead with nine games left. And with, let's see, with about, I think their magic number is at four. So if, if they continue to win games uh, or if teams behind them, such as Utah or Denver or the Clippers, start to lose games, uh, that could clinch the playoffs for the Blazers early. I don't think, however, that the playoffs alone are their goal. I think they want to get that third seed. I think they want to be high in the bracket. They want home court advantage. They want all those things. And I think for a team, they've never had home court advantage during uh, Lillard's time here. Even when they made the playoffs and they beat Houston, they won on the road. When they beat the Clippers, they won on the road. And... I really do think that uh, this team won't take that for granted because they've never had it. Um, I know that I was thinking of, you know, could this team not be ready for it? The difference between, I think, this team and the team from 2009 that won 54 games and had home court advantage is that group had never been to the playoffs before. Brandon Roy, LaMarcus Aldridge, Greg Oden... Rudy Fernandez, all those guys that they blew home court in game one and Yao Ming came up in here and, and, and beat them up, you know, I would not, I don't have that type of fear that that would happen with this Blazers team because they've been around the block. Damian has been around the block. CJ has been around the block. These guys know what it's like to have to go on the road and start a postseason series. And I think because they know that, I think they'll be in more of a position to take advantage of it. Granted, they still could have a tough matchup. It could be San Antonio, could be New Orleans, could be Utah or Minnesota. You know, we don't know yet, but all those teams could be very tough. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, I do think Portland is in the position to, to take advantage of it because they know what it's like and they have been to the playoffs before. And I think that is one of the interesting things that we'll continue to talk about uh, between now and the postseason is that this team has a, a unique balance of youth and experience that I think uh, is really hard to come by. Because you look at, I think, Golden State, they had that when they uh, went through the playoffs. They lost to San Antonio. You know, they had those battles, and Portland has kind of had those battles with Golden State. And now they're kind of, you know, hitting their stride a little bit. And, and I think uh, these are positive signs heading into the postseason that this team is not only – playing well but they're young and they're experienced so they they, they have a, a unique combination there that I think a team like Minnesota wishes they had you know with, with their youth so uh really interesting stuff right now the Blazers get a big win and now they have a two-game lead for the third seed in the Western Conference over Oklahoma City with nine games left to play uh, we're going to look around the league. There was some big news yesterday in the NBA that I think concerns the Blazers and everybody in the league. And then we're going to look ahead at Portland's game against the New Orleans Pelicans, potentially a uh, playoff preview on Tuesday night. So some big news uh, in the Western Conference over the weekend. Uh, really stuff that's going to shake the postseason. Um, I was here Friday night. I was watching... The Golden State game, flipping back between Golden State and, and the Portland game on Friday. And the Warriors, uh, they're going to be without Steph Curry 
their MVP for a while and definitely are going to be without him for the first round of the playoffs, which, depending on who they get matched up against, you know, could be trouble. Uh, you know, I, I, I know that they would still be the favorites, but their depth has taken a hit and and they don't look the same outside of Steph and they just don't have that same movement and fluidity without him. Kevin Durant, obviously, uh, MVP caliber player. They have Clay Thompson, who still isn't back yet from his broken thumb. Um, they still don't have Kevin. They still don't even have Durant back. And Draymond Green has also been dealing with issues all season long, groin injury. He's been ill. Uh, he just hasn't looked the same this year. And now the throw. The Curry injury, which happened when JaVale McGee tried to swat a shot, came down awkwardly and landed on uh, the left leg of Stephen Curry, and he sprained his MCL, and they said it's a grade 2 MCL strain, so that is going to keep him out for three to six weeks, and he's definitely going to be out for the first round of the playoffs, so that means that they're going to reevaluate him in three weeks which is when the playoffs begin, but he's not going to play. And depending on the matchup, I mean, that could be real trouble for Golden State. Uh, I, I, I'm i not trying to exaggerate. I, I don't think that this is an easy series because they're not just getting the eight seed that is limping into the playoffs. You know, they're locked into that two seed. There's no way they're catching Houston and they are going to be in that seven scene, and it's going to be interesting to see how teams approach this now. Obviously, seven was going to be more desirable anyway, but even more so now that, that Curry's not going to be there, Portland is, is locked where they are, but they would play Golden State in the next round if they were to survive, or they could be playing a team that's not the Warriors. If, if, if this Curry injury really hampers them if Iguodala takes a step back if if Draymond takes a step back it, it, it is Durant and Clay enough you know is Durant by himself enough to to win in that first round series and I, I'm not sure um, because that's why he left Oklahoma City in the first place was that he sometimes he would get in these situations where he'd be by himself and he wouldn't be able to do it by himself because you can't win by yourself in the NBA anymore I mean, it's very rare these days that you're able to do that. And say they get a matchup against Minnesota, which is what the matchup would be right now. Minnesota should be getting Jimmy Butler back for the first round of the playoffs. And you get Jimmy, you get Towns, and and, and Jeff Teague, who in the playoffs generally plays better. I mean, that could be a tough matchup. That that could be a matchup where they go 6-7. Uh and I, I think Golden State's in a little bit of trouble, and I think they're in more trouble than a lot of people are saying right now because our instinct has been to defer to Golden State whenever we're talking about the, the finals of the postseason because they're the greatest team we've ever seen. But uh, the NBA does not it is not static. You are either getting better or you're getting worse. And uh, there's no question that they're as weak as they've ever been right now. And, and 
I don't. This is not nothing. I, I know that it's a quick thing. I think I saw some people saying, "Oh, you know, well, they'll, you know, they still have to deal with. They still have an MVP and some other all stars. You know, they'll have to deal with it." But I, I think the league is deeper. I think the league is tougher, and I think um, this is not going to be an easy first round series for Golden State. And this is going to be a battle, whoever they face, whether it's Utah, whether it's Minnesota, whether it's the Spurs, whether it's New Orleans. I mean, I would not want to. You know, I. I I don't know if there's any teams that are trying trying to play Golden State, but I I am significantly less afraid of Golden State now without Curry than they are without Durant because Curry is so special. Uh, granted, they can kind of shore sh- up a little bit of the defense, but they've been going with Quinn Cook there a little bit. So I don't you know it's not it's not anything to, to be afraid of, and, and and I think that any team that faces Golden State in the first round uh, definitely. Their their chances have certainly improved. To say that they haven't uh, would be factually incorrect because they have improved. They don't. Their team who faces Golden State would not be the favorite, but I think they have great chances. And uh, this opens things up in the West even more. And uh, if something happens to Golden State, they get knocked off. You know that opens a way for anybody, including the Blazers, to potentially get to the conference finals. So. Uh, big, big stuff with the Stephen Curry injury, stuff that we will continue to monitor uh, as we get closer to the postseason. We're going to talk about Portland's matchup in a bit with the New Orleans Pelicans on Tuesday. So Portland is going to be in New Orleans. Who knows whether they will have Damian Lillard or not. His baby could be born, and if Dame Jr. is born, he will be gone by then. Uh, but the Blazers are currently scheduled to face the New Orleans. Well, they're going to play the New Orleans Pelicans no matter what. They just may or may not have Dame. The Pelicans have hit a little bit of a rough patch after you know really keeping pace with Portland. They were in that fourth seed for a while. Now they're in that fifth spot. They're just a half game back of Oklahoma City, though, so they want this game. Anthony Davis has been on a tear playing MVP caliber ball, uh, and and a lot of the other guys like Etwan Moore, Rondo, uh, you know, Drew Holiday has been you know excellent all season long. But you're getting all these guys who. Uh, pretty unheralded guys all over the place. Miritich has been a nice addition for the Pelicans, and that has helped them as well. So they're going to have to watch out for him. Portland's you know defense is going to be uh, stretched really thin with Miritich out there and Davis's threat, but the port the Blazers can also throw a lot of different guys at him. They can throw Minu at him. They they can put Nurk out there. And maybe even a little bit of Zach Collins because because Davis isn't such a big hulking presence. I think that and, and Ed Davis as well, who who played excellent last night, by the way, against the Thunder. Um, so every big man's probably going to get a chance against against uh, Anthony Davis on uh, Tuesday. Going to be uh, a real opportunity for guys to get in foul trouble, which is not good, but. Uh, Big game again in the standings, uh, and then Portland gets Memphis at the end of the road trip, who have the second worst record in the league and are fighting for that number one pick right now. Uh, so they don't want to win that game. So uh, Portland has one more against a playoff team before they head to Memphis. Who knows whether they will have Dame? We will, I guess, find out once uh, game day comes, shoot around comes on Tuesday about the status of Dame. He apparently has private jets waiting in 
OKC, in New Orleans, and in Memphis just in case uh, he needs to get back to Portland. So we will keep an eye on that. But the Blazers have another big game against New Orleans. Could be another tough matchup. It's been tough to win in New Orleans. Davis or Cousins, no matter who is the big guy in there, Portland has had some trouble with those guys. So uh, who knows? Also potentially a a first-round preview as the Pelicans and the Spurs are right now tied for fifth place. And if one of them drops down to six, that would be Portland's first-round opponent. So um, also potentially an opportunity to scout uh, Portland's first-round opponent. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Blazers. Keep it locked here on the podcast. Tell your friends. Keep following for Blazers stuff as we approach the postseason. And uh, we'll catch you after the New Orleans game on Tuesday.